the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. Hey guys, happy Monday. Yes, it is. Hey, good morning. You know what? I I came in a little late today, y'all, and I'm sorry, but I couldn't remember where my windshield wiper switch was. Oh, really? It hadn't rained that long. Eventually, I found it, though. Yeah, it's been that long. Yeah, well, it's uh, glad to see the wet stuff, and we're going to have it for a few days, thank God. And uh, today is also the feast day of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, so we'll offer up a prayer on her behalf. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. God, our Father, you called Francis Xavier Cabrini from Italy to serve the immigrants of America. By her example, teach us concern for the stranger, the sick, and the frustrated. By her prayers, help us to see Christ in all men and women that we meet. Grant this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Going to fix the the microphone. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And Father Todd Lloyd's with us, and the mic just happened to fall off the stand right in front of him. There we go. Breaking the old studio. That's just the evil one didn't want you to speak, but we got you here, brother. I I think it's okay. Oh, it's fine. It's not going to do it again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're in good shape. Famous last word. Okay, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It truly okay. is a Monday morning. <laughs> well, we will learn more about Bless St. Francis Xavier Cabrini later on in today's show, but we are starting off with a wonderful lineup at 7 after Clara Gallagher joins us. She's a consecrated virgin in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And we are talking about an upcoming young women's silent retreat that she wants to give us details about, so stay tuned for that. In 18 minutes, Father Todd Lloyd joins us. He's a pastor over at Most Blessed Sacrament in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be talking about preparing our hearts for Advent. I got a new wreath, you guys, so I'm really excited to try it out, of course, and display it. So oh, you got a wreath. See it and really okay. just, well, good. Yeah, yes, Great. because I need got candles one. to go with it? And so, Yes, I have candles right, to go candles with it, so I'm ready to go. She, she didn't yeah. say that. Yeah. That's why I was asking. Oh, you thought it was just yeah. something for the just door. Wait, oh, yeah. Just the wreath. Yeah, just, yeah, the, just wreath. the wreath. No, it's gonna I have an wreath and with the candles, <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> no, I'm ready to... Advent is my favorite liturgical season, and it's a wonderful way to really get focused on what it means this time of year and, and the most important time of year. Not so only that, though. If I'm not mistaken, well. that last candle you light is the day before Christmas. Is that right, Father Todd? Isn't that right? If the, you have the so middle one? Be the tallest Oh, this candle. year. Yeah. Well, this year it is. <laughs> yeah. It's the, no. not, yeah, the if you want to do Saturday evening, I suppose, or Sunday morning, yeah. um, because... That's it. Christmas Eve is wow. a Sunday, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like yeah. that extra yeah. week after you light that candle, but, yeah. you know... Yeah. 
Yeah. In 35 minutes, Dr. Tina Holland joins us to give us an update over at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, also known as FranU. She is the president and CEO. And in 48 minutes, Leslie Diggins joins us. She's a Catholic author, and we're going to be talking about a wonderful children's book called Twas the Day Before Christmas in Bethlehem Town. So wonderful, perfect stocking stuffer, maybe gift idea for your child, or maybe you just want to buy now to read during the Advent season and, of course, during Christmas. So a wonderful lineup. You guys looking forward to some great guests, and Damien looking forward to your weather report. All right, we'll try to squeeze it in here. Going to have light yeah. rain and sprinkles, and right now in most of our viewing area as well as listening area, and that will continue for the next 24 to 48 hours, and with that comes some cooler temperatures. Highs are going to be in the low 60s for the next three days. Currently, everyone is in the 60s, and it's about as warm as it's going to get today. Don't go too far. It's 5 after on Wake Up. Good morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause sin will inevitably occur, but woe to the one through whom they occur. It would be better for him if a millstone were put around his neck and he be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he wrongs you seven times in one day and returns to you seven times saying, I am sorry, you should forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It's 8 past the hour on Wake Up. Claire Gallagher is our first guest today. She joins us. She's a consecrated virgin in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And today she is going to be giving us details about an upcoming Young Women's Silent Retreat. Hey, Claire, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, good morning, Gabby. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we have a wonderful retreat coming up on Friday, December 8th through Sunday, December 10th. Tell us a little bit about the Come and Sit at His Feet retreat. Sure, yeah. So um, this is the first time that we're doing something like this, uh, specifically for young adult women in the Archdiocese. And so I'm really excited. Um, I actually gave this retreat this summer in a different diocese for uh, women, and then I just was so um, so excited about it, and it went so well. It was so well received, and then um, I was asked to consider giving a retreat, and so this just felt like the right thing to do. So it's really um, a unique opportunity, I think, for silence. You know, um, it's a preached retreat, meaning there, there. You know, I'll be giving different talks throughout the weekend, but there are no um, small group discussions or um, or anything like that. And the the theme is spiritual poverty, um, and I feel like that is something that we hear about a lot, um, you know, in our faith, especially in, in the gospel and in, the, uh, in our Catholic faith, but I know for me, I've always kind of struggled with, like, what does that actually mean? Like, I understand the idea yeah. of it, but in my everyday life, what am I supposed to do with that, <laughs> you know? Um, and mm-hmm. uh, so I read this book, 
a couple of years ago, actually, as part of my formation in consecrated virginity, and um, it's a book called Personal Prayer, A Guide to Receiving the Father's Love. It's by two Benedictine priests, and they talk about spiritual poverty from the perspective of uh, Therese of Lisieux. It's one of my favorite saints, and mm-hmm. um, but they kind of categorize spiritual poverty into these three different types of spiritual poverty, and it was so enlightening, so helpful for me. Um, And so that's kind of the basis of my retreat. I'm kind of um, sharing their perspective and expanding on that a little bit throughout the weekend. So, I love it. And you'll also be focusing on Catholic femininity, which I think as a woman, the definition of what it truly means to be a woman with secular culture can be kind of blurred and confusing. It seems like it changes all the time, Mm. but what does it truly Mm. mean to be a Catholic, a faithful Catholic woman, a daughter of Christ? Um, And that's what you're going to be focusing on as well. And I think this is perfect during the season of Advent. So Claire, can you tell us where the retreat will be held and is there a cost? Sure, yes. Uh, the retreat will be um, at Camp Abbey in Covington, uh, which I know a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with that uh, that place. But Camp Abbey in Covington mm-hmm. is about an hour away from New Orleans. Um, and uh, the cost is $150, which includes, you know, lodging and meals and um, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the uh, the deal. Yeah. Well, Claire, since you've put on this retreat before, why do you think women should take the time and sit in silence and participate in this retreat? <laughs> um, the answer to that is very simple. Uh, I think they should they should take the time for this and, and consider attending the retreat um, because Jesus loves them. Um, and, I, and I think sometimes we feel like we should go on a retreat uh, so that we can um, kind of fill ourselves up with, with the Lord's love and mm-hmm. then go back to whatever ministry we serve in or our family's needs or our friends or our, yeah. our job and be, you know, spiritually filled up and, and in a better place for that. Um, and that's true. I think that's, that's great. And that, that is true. Like the Lord does give us the graces we need to do the things he's calling us to. Um, but more mm-hmm. importantly, I think we as women, men too, but especially as women, sometimes we just need to to sit and rest and just let the Lord love on us, you know, and, and mm-hmm. for no specific reason or no specific task that we have to do, but just because that's what he created us for and that's what he desires for us. I love it. Claire, where can we go to find out more information and, and to register for the Come and Sit at His Feet retreat, uh, focusing on spiritual poverty and femininity? Um, you can go to nolacatholic.org slash Y-A-M, as in Young Adult Ministry. Yes, wonderful. Thank you so much, Claire, for joining us. Claire Gallagher, Consecrated Virgin in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Definitely check them out uh, at our website. Thanks, Claire. Thank you. Have a great day, Gabby. 
All right, you too. Well, there is another wonderful event coming up on November 18th. Ascension of Our Lord Catholic School is having their Fiesta Latina, you guys. It's ah. going to have so much wonderful food, and you can pre-order. There's going to be food, music, drinks, and it's to help keep their Catholic school open. This is so important. They're really calling for some help, yeah. for some donations, and for some, for some support. They're going to have pre-orders of food, but also extra cooked food for walk-ins. Tables will be set up to eat there along with a bounce house, David. They wanted what? me to make sure that I said that. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the, uh, the menu here. The menu here, I can't pronounce half this stuff, so this is the real deal, right? I mean, I can pronounce yes, steak is. fajitas, but then there's... Uh, Jeff, help me out with this. This tacos. is tacos, but yeah, but what kind of tacos, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, but that's the next birria, one. Birria, taco, birria, yeah. tacos is yeah. how you say it, right? And that's different. I mean, that's different according to Jeff. So, ooh, this stuff looks good. Goodness. This is the real deal, yeah. you guys. So November eighteenth, it's going to be uh, yeah, Greenwood it, Drive in Laplace, Louisiana, November eighteenth from twelve noon to five p.m. <laughs> Go to ccmedia.live. All of the information is on there to register and to pick up your order and to help support Ascension of Our Lord Catholic School. Definitely check them out. Stay with us. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 13th. Today we celebrate St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. Mother Cabrini has the distinction of being the first U.S. citizen to be canonized. Born in Italy in 1850, she desired to enter a religious congregation despite her poor health. In time, she founded her own small community, the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart. Though she had long dreamt of being a missionary to China, Pope Leo XIII urged Mother Cabrini and her sisters to minister to the thousands of Italian immigrants in the United States. Difficulties and disappointments followed her at every turn. The Archbishop of New York even advised her to return to Italy, but she could not turn back. Instead, Mother Cabrini persevered, and in 35 years, she founded 67 institutions to serve the poor, the abandoned, the uneducated, and the sick. She organized schools and adult education classes for Italian immigrants to strengthen their faith. Her missionary work expanded to other U.S. cities and to Central and South America. In 1917, ten years after becoming an American citizen, Mother Cabrini died of malaria in Chicago's Columbus Hospital, which she had founded. She was canonized in 1946. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Almost 19 after the hour on this Monday morning. A little wet outside, so prepare accordingly. So glad you could join us here on Wake Up with us now, Father Todd Lloyd. He's pastor Good at morning. most. He's pastor at Most Blessed Sacrament <laughs> here ready. in Baton Rouge. Oh, he's ready. He's <laughs> fired up. <laughs> and we we know Thanksgiving is next week, and we'll right. have a lot yeah. to be thankful for. And Advent follows that in less than three weeks hard to believe advent will begin that soon uh but december 3rd is the first day of advent yeah can you imagine so we have we have to do christ the king first uh, christ the king closes the year uh okay. the liturgical year and then uh and that's on the 24 on the 
uh, on the what day is that? Is the, it the 26th on the 26th. Right. Yeah. Oh, 26th after the 26th, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's oh, Christ yeah. the King. Gotcha. And then the third, yeah, is okay. uh, the mm-hmm. beginning of Advent and oh, wow. the season of of awaiting the coming of the Lord, right? Yes. That's what Advent means, the coming. And yeah, that's what it And preparing oneself for that. Yeah. And that's what really what we're going to kind of focus on sure. th- this morning yeah. in particular. Um, to start off with, it, does Advent have themes on an annual basis? You know what I'm getting at. I mean, I've, I've read already during sure. a little research that... Yeah, so the, 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 the theme of Advent is the coming of Christ. But there's more than one coming of Christ. And each Sunday, depending on the readings, is focusing on kind of different comings of Christ. You know, so whenever uh, it starts off, it's really kind of focused on the coming of Christ um, we hear actually a lot about John the Baptist. Right, you know? that's usually the first. You know, week so is right, we hear John the Baptist at the very beginning of the of the new year. Actually, Advent's the new liturgical year, and we hear John the Baptist talking about the coming of Christ. You know, his incarnation, right? You know, mm-hmm. and then there's also this uh, need to focus on the coming of Christ at the end of time. Um, or, or at the end of our lives, yes. And then, and then, as we get really close to Christmas, we start focusing on the nativity, the nativity you know, on the nativity of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, what we always talk about is uh, there's three comings that we should always be looking for, and Advent's a good time to focus on that: the coming of Christ historically at Christmas and in the incarnation in the Gospels, the coming of Christ at the end of time, you know, or at the end of our lives. So like this past past Sunday, just being vigilant, ready for him at all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the third coming of Christ is right now, right? He comes to us daily on daily. the altar oh, at, yes. in the Eucharist. Okay. He, but he, mm-hmm. he comes to us daily in our lives whenever we, we meet someone or whenever we're doing something in our life that is for him or maybe challenging him. So there's three comings that we're going to hear about in Advent. Mm-hmm. And each of those weeks kind of focus on those things. Yes. Uh, share with our, our audience the colors of the candles. Sure. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I saw a little of this last week uh, with Vocations Week. Yeah. Uh, a priest uh, that I know uh, wound up getting all the kids in school and explaining the different colors of the vestments. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'm going to ask Father Todd Lloyd to do that with the candles and why they're different colors. Yeah, so there's different traditions. If you, You've seen probably candles, wreaths with some, they have all the same color. Some, they have no colors at all. It's just right. four candles, white just candles. white candles. Mm-hmm. The most common is they have the three purple or violet mm-hmm. candles and the one uh, rose uh, priests like to refer to as rose uh, yes. instead of pink mm-hmm. because we have to wear that color and so we wear, wear rose vestments right. yeah yes. so um, so we have three violet and one rose candle um, three purple and one pink and the the third the third Sunday the third week is that pink one and the reason why um, is because while the other weeks are about prepar- preparation, you know, and so we wear purple, just like we do at Lent, there's yeah. a preparatory season before season of Easter and the season of Christmas. And the, the preparation is purple color. You know, we, we use purple for penance and for preparation. But the pink is used, or the rose is used so that we can also acknowledge that in the midst of our waiting we know that the waiting will come to an end. So it's really mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of a reminder to, to have hope, you know, that mm-hmm. the, the sun is coming, Jesus is coming. And so uh, take heart, you know, enjoy yourself a little bit. Right. You know, it's just a season of waiting, a season of penance. But 
be sure that the, the there is a light at the end of the tunnel. What is mm-hmm. that called? Gaud, Gaudete. Yeah, Gaudete yeah. and Leitare. Leitare. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that that's the one in Lent, yeah. The, yeah. the one in Lent Gaud, is Leitare. Okay, yeah, all right. And Gaudete, yeah. which just means rejoice. So that we call them Rejoice Sunday. It's a, rejo- a day of rejoicing. Just yeah. to remind you. And so St. Paul says rejoice. Yeah, rejoice always in the Lord. Okay. And so even though we're kind of sorrowful, we're kind of penance, kind of waiting. Right. There's rejoicing too. Yeah. Now, yeah. each Sunday, uh, we f- should focus, or at least I was always told, that there's hope, peace, joy, and love mm-hmm. uh, representing each of the Sundays, the candles. Sure. And, 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 and does that tradition continue? It, it does. Uh, I think every family, I would hope every family, maybe some of our listeners, have the own, their own customs in the household. I know that growing up, we had our custom mm-hmm. of where the wreath was and when we lit it, if we yeah. lit it at the beginning of the meal or, you know, if we said the blessing and then lit it. Then lit it. And then if you have a certain kind of prayer and there's, um, you know, the beautiful thing about these things, because it's kind of like more like a devotional prayer that you have a lot of different options on how you execute it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's like um, like the devotions in our life. You know, yeah. there's, some people pray the di- rosary differently and some people pray certain chaplets and novenas mm-hmm. differently. And mm-hmm. unlike the liturgy, which we, you know, are really restricted in how we offer it, you know, rightly so. There is um, a lot of uh, freedom to kind of make the devotions your own, yeah. and that's true of the wreath. And so, um, I would hope that the families, you know, have their own prayers that they incorporate into the praying, and, and that include those prayers. You know, praying for joy, praying for hope, you know, and so on. And there's a lot of little booklets out there. Oh yeah, the, yeah there's along, so right? many. Yeah, yeah, so many. Yeah, that are really good. And I remember doing that with our kids. Yeah, and sitting around that, and we'd get towards the end of the prayer, and they'd all be leaning in <laughs> to be the first one to blow out Who's the candle. Blow out the candle. I mean, it was like a hurricane when we said amen. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, yeah. it was just spit yeah. flying everywhere. Yeah, but you know, so I just like okay, we're losing the holiness of this moment here. Wow, well, but it's still wonderful that these little books is. and the kids yeah. love it. They'll yeah. always remember that. And I, it's good to. I would encourage people to incorporate a little scripture. Just you know, nothing. Yes. You don't have to do anything major. Just read a little. Yeah. Scripture, uh, maybe this, maybe just for this upcoming Sunday, you know, or yeah. this past Sunday. There you go. Well, and I was going to touch on that: is how does one prepare for Advent season? I love the fact that the tradition mm-hmm. uh, you ha- pass that down to your children, mm-hmm. uh, and I agree that we we always seem to have a little scripture passage. We mm-hmm. said a prayer, and we couldn't wait every every night. Somebody else got to light the candle. Oh, right? you okay. know? sure, and sure. You, you, yeah. yeah, you had to share that part, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and it, but it was always on the center of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dining room table seemed mm-hmm. like that was the spot. I guess yeah. the safest spot too to light a candle. Yeah, you of know, course, when yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? How? What are some ways that that families can prepare Father Todd in regards to Advent? Yeah. So one of the important things that we do during the season in parishes is try to focus on charity, works of charity, right? Mm-hmm. Particularly material charity, yeah. you know, so caring for the poor. Um, and so that's one of the things that I would encourage families. As a parish, we do that with giving trees. How can I do that as mm-hmm. a family? How can we, maybe as a part of our preparation and our penance, how can we make a little sacrifice? Yeah. How can we make a little sacrifice of something that we like for the good of someone else this season, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. maybe it's uh, to put put aside a little money um, every day or uh, that you would normally be spending on going out to eat. Instead mm-hmm. of going out to eat, we're gonna, we're gonna eat around the Advent wreath at home and the money we would spend for a restaurant, we'll put on the side and put that into the 
uh, to the you know envelope yeah. or to yeah. the gift or to something else for the St. Vincent de Paul or whatever, you know? jar, yeah. um, or, or something else. You know, just yeah. finding a way to make a sacrifice that then benefits someone else. That's a good way to pray f- uh, to prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord, born in a stable. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is to prepare a place for Him in our yeah. hearts. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, what about and and I know it's a given, but but maybe families don't do it right now. Is is actually take your family to adoration? Oh wow! Uh, yeah, you know, or or a, a weekday mass. Absolutely, and that's something that incidentally, I just you were you at my mass this weekend, Damien? I, I I mentioned uh, people needing to go to adoration. Just the the way that we can build up our oil in life. Ah, uh, yes. So that Jesus doesn't say, "I don't know you," mm-hmm. um, like he did to the the foolish virgins. That is that we go and spend some time with Jesus build up our oil, spend a little of our time in life, not on ourselves and doing the things that we do, but spending a little time on Jesus. Um, and what way is better than just going and spending time with Jesus in the Adoration Chapel yeah. and bring our kids. And, and look, if it's if they're little kids and they're loud, five minutes, you know, it's okay. And if they're rambunctious, everyone in the chapel will be okay. It doesn't bother me a bit, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. if it's a little child and the little uh, child the wants to, hears his little voice or hears her yeah. little voice and they like yeah. it. It's just, it's yeah. cute. It's and, all part of family. And Jesus yeah. is, I've, I, I tell, tell people who are worried about that, mm-hmm. Jesus is happy that your baby, your child is there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's right. Yeah. I agree. Uh, last but not least, sure. what about a good confession? I think that maybe the most That's part important, of preparing yeah, oneself for Christ. Maybe coming. the most important thing that we can ever do for any preparation of the big seasons is to go to reconciliation, um, to make a really thorough examination of conscience, right? So get a good exam and a examination of conscience. Uh, yeah. I, I give them out like like they're hotcakes at, uh, at the church. So if you need one, come to MBS. I've got lots of them. You've got a little handout. I have a little, yeah, we have little booklets that are examination of conscience, real thorough. Good. And use the, read it. I tell people, read it cover to cover. Take a pencil, take a highlighter, read it cover to cover, and go to confession and um, and get it all out. Just get every bit of it out. Yeah. And that's, I mean, what's a better way, again, to prepare you, a place in your heart for the coming of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Can wow. you leave us with a blessing I will. before we uh, go to our next guest? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, our high priest, as we are looking forward to welcome you into our lives, we ask for your blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Father Todd Lloyd, most blessed sacrament here in Baton Rouge. Thank you as always. Thanks, guys. God bless you. And Dr. Tina Holland, I should say, Dr. Tina Holland, when Fran Yu is next here on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour, you're tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. And uh, be careful out there going to work. The streets are super, super slick because they got a lot of oil and grease on them that hadn't been washed off in like a month, Damian. So uh, just, you know, it's going to be slippery out yeah. there. Yeah. Right now, Dr. Tina Holland joins us. She's the president and CEO of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University. We call it Fran U. Good morning, Dr. Tina. Good morning. Welcome back. And uh, you got a lot going on. Y'all are still celebrating a birthday party over there. Jeff and I were talking about that a little earlier off mic, saying you're probably just still vacuuming confetti and everything for that 100-year <laughs> oh, birthday. It'll be 100 years. We'll still be finding some of that confetti. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about that. What's going on lately? 
Well, uh, just last week, we actually had the, um, the birthday party itself. Okay. Um, the 11th, which happens to be Veterans Day, was also the actual official day that the um, Our Lady of the Lake College in 1923 opened. Okay. Um, and interestingly, we celebrated the birthday on Friday the 10th last week, which mm-hmm. is also the birthday of the United States Marine Corps, which, ah. of course, is near and dear to my heart. Yes, Never it fun. is. There she is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So wow. it was a big week, but we, uh, we buried a time capsule, okay. which uh, mm-hmm. had artifacts of um, current day Fran Yu, so that in 2123, uh, it can be dug up, and our prayer is that when um, the future friends um, dig up this time capsule, they will see and recognize our mission being lived out in the artifact that they, um, that they uncover. Where did, it, where did it originate? It's 100 years old. It, is it over there behind the new state capitol on the lake there? It, was that the original was, college too? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was part of the. It was. It was really part of the of the hospital. Oh, okay. It was just. I, I want to wait. Wait. Yeah. I want to know what what's in the time capsule because that is cool. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. what did you put in there? <laughs> oh, oh, all kinds of artifacts. Uh, we had a fee bill, um, several <laughs> fee bills, um, a uh, you know a program of all of the uh, um, you know what they call a view book that has all the pr- uh, programs. Um, and degrees, okay, and um, you know what you would, you know, marketing materials. Um, there were, uh, um, you know, students, um, uh, a, a few assignments from students in there. Yeah, um, uh, programs from graduation, those kinds of things. Did you put like an iPhone in there and they could look back at that and say, wow, they actually use these things. I think know? they did put some technology. Did in they there. really? They okay. might have put a thumb drive yes. and some other stuff. <laughs> yep. You know, a the other drive. thing I'm, I'm curious yeah. about, uh, uh, <laughs> Gabby, the other thing I'm curious about as far as the time capsules, capsules go is where, because I, I read an article that was recently in New York. They had dug up a time castle. They just stumbled across it. They didn't even know it was there, and uh, they, they, it, was from, it was from over 100 years ago, and they were describing what they found in it. So is it clearly marked, or will they? Oh, yes. Okay. There's a, a lovely plaque right at the entrance of the building. Wow. Yes. My goodness. Uh, it, it is, um, it, so they'll be able to dig that up. Um, you know, really, uh, it, it, I won't be here when they do it, but I'm, you never know. I'm hoping that— Yes, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm hoping that the legacy will be true. <laughs> oh, that—that's like okay. So, so you 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 had your birthday party. You've done the time capsule. Is there anything else you got coming up as far as celebrating that goes, or is there any other things going on at Fran U that we need to know about? Yes, through the well, everything. Uh, all of our events are centennialized. So okay. you know, commencement's going to be coming up here pretty soon, and. Um, mm. The speaker will be Sister Martha Ann, one of our um, most senior alumni of the School of Nursing. Wow. I think she's a graduate of 1971. Okay. And, um, you know, one of the uh, few sisters who is, um, you know, able to, to be a commencement speaker and is a graduate 
of the university, and she is a dynamo. Oh, yes. So, um, I could listen to her talk all day. Right. <laughs> she's going to be a special speaker for our uh, our December um, graduation. And then in the spring, we have um, Catholic Higher Ed Week, which will uh, be centennialized. Exactly how they do that, I'm not sure. There's okay. going to be some service projects uh, out in the community. And then the bishop will be our... Um, centennial uh, graduating class uh, speaker in our May commencement. Dr. Tina, when, Fran, you started, did it start off strictly as a nursing school, or was theology involved then? Well, it was, theology was sort of a, um, you know, uh, baked into the training because it was all sisters. Oh, so okay, it yeah, was, all right. It was only sisters, so it was just understood that this is the kind of nursing you're going to learn. I see. It was really a proprietary school meant specifically to learn how to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not become an accredited institution until mm-hmm. the 80s, Okay. at which, you know, a degree-granting institution. You're right. And, um, you know, it became more and more lay-sized, and therefore... Uh, the core curriculum needed to be very intentionally put together with, um, you know, rigorous liberal arts four classes, mm-hmm. and the foundation for that liberal arts curriculum is uh, philosophy and theology. Right. If you are to, you know, uh, abide by the Catholic intellectual tradition. And I do remember that uh, mm-hmm. kicking in and taking to effect. I'm just out to remember the timeline on that when, when, when y'all brought theologians in, when you, when things started changing then. Yes. Around when was that? When that started? So they had just uh, sort of, r- really a checkbox for many years where okay, we just have to have Catholic theology, and in fact they called it. Um, uh, religious studies. Okay. And then um, when I came in 2014, I felt pretty, uh, you know, I was, I was asked to come to uh, help establish a strong Catholic university here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Oh, wow. And so I said, hey, you know, then we, uh, we need to have a theology department yes. as opposed to a religious studies department. And there's some nuanced differences between the two. Mm-hmm and um, began to uh, recruit um, some really strong theologians. And we had um, the beginnings of a strong department with um, one in particular strong theologian, that was David Witten. Right. And then together, together we started recruiting some young um, uh, scholars from uh, Catholic University, University of Dallas, and, uh, and other places, um, uh, Marquette, very strong programs, and uh, making sure that we had moral ethicists on staff, uh, because we knew we were going to carve out a niche in Catholic bioethics um, and Catholic healthcare ethics. Wow, wow! And I mean, uh, I'm not to mention also you're part of the formation of our uh, deacons here in uh, the Diocese yes, of Baton Rouge. That so is, that's huge. We we actually have the history behind that is we have the diocese to thank for that. I was wanting to develop a theology program, uh, but, you know, we we really weren't sure what the need in the community was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to answer the three questions, is there a need? Is it within our mission, and can we afford it? Well, 
we knew it was in our mission. We weren't sure if we could afford it, and right. we weren't sure what the need was going to be. And then when we got a call from the diocese to ask if we were interested in forming the uh, the deacons, well, then that answered the question. And the deacon formation program here at Fran U actually provided the foundation for our um, theology undergraduate program. That's amazing. That's amazing. You, you you let God be a part of this, and then you just hang on. That's just beautiful. Dr. That's Tina exactly Holland. exactly right. Yeah, Dr. Tina Holland, thank you once again. We will get an update from you soon, but uh, I love the direction this is going in. So appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Dr. David wouldn't put his comb in the uh, time capsule. Yeah, well, you know, he. Uh, yeah, that's just wrong. Okay. <laughs> we come back, Gabby's going to talk to Leslie Diggins talking about a children's book on Wake Up. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Our next guest is Catholic author Leslie Diggins, and she joins us to talk about the wonderful new children's book called Twas the Day Before Christmas in Bethlehem Town. Good morning, Leslie. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Okay, this is the perfect book to read with your child before Christmas begins, but during Advent to really show them the true meaning of the season. Can you tell us a little bit more about what we can find in your book? Sure. Um, the story is a little, um, a little shepherd boy named Ben who's very cranky because um, he's, he has come to Bethlehem with his dad expecting to have a good time, but there are crowds because of the census, and he was very resentful. Mm. But through some gentle guidance from his dad, he comes to look at the travelers with compassion and decides to share his lunch with some of them. And the first people he spies is a, a pregnant, uh, pregnant woman and her husband coming in from Nazareth. And that is something that absolutely changes his life. He doesn't know it yet. And this is not the first time he'll meet the Holy Family. But that sets him on this, uh, on this very wonderful, exciting adventure. That's amazing. Well, and, and I think that Ben can relate with a lot of um, us adults. Oh, yeah. So I think it's good maybe for adults yeah, as well I, as we I read along crowds. with our children. <laughs> it, it can resonate. You guys, <laughs> this is why I do online shopping. But no, we can resonate with, with, with Ben in this book as we read it aloud with our child. Talk about the uniqueness of how this book is written as well. Well, um, uh, as, the story, as the title implies, it is written in the, um, in the cadence of Twas the Night Before Christmas, mm -hmm. um, but it tells the, the true story of Christmas, of, of the birth of, of Jesus. And um, when, um, I, I hadn't thought of what you just um, brought up, that Ben's crankiness at the beginning could really be compared to ourselves during Advent when we're preparing for the Christmas season and getting so distracted by everything going on around us instead of focusing on what's really happening. Um, so that's a really good point that I hadn't thought about. But... Um, but, um, but Ben, um, Ben gets knocked around in the crowd, and, um, mm. and, uh, and, and again, he's, he's very cranky. But when he approaches Mary and Joseph um, uh, offering his lunch, they say yes. Well, they, they don't say yes. They actually they give the, uh, the lunch back. They say thank you, um, but, um, but say that mm. they've brought what they need from Nazareth, and um, look around and see if there's someone else that you can help. Um, so he does. Um, so he's learning to welcome 
other people welcome the stranger. Um, and that's one of the themes of the book is welcoming the stranger. And I tried to connect things very much to um, the scriptural story, both in the Old and the New Testament, because, of course, um, the, the coming of Christ was prefigured in the Old Testament um, by um, Moses um, and uh, through, the, through the help of God um, rescuing people from slavery in Egypt. And in the case of Christ's coming, he's rescuing us from our sin. So, um, mm-hmm. so um, Ben's dad says, remember, we were strangers once in Egypt, and, um, and, and that helps us make, us make the connection. And I also tried to make the connection with Mary as our mother, because Ben recognizes in Mary he sees his own mother, um, because she is also expecting a child. And um, that is in there to remind us um, of Mary as our mother as well. Um, and when, when Ben comes to the manger, um, he recognizes Christ um, through the scriptures that he has learned as a young Jewish boy, um, because he recognizes Jesus as the Christ that the stories in scripture foretold in the past. So I really tried to connect the Old and New Testaments here and, and bring, the story, mm. um, bring the story to life. What is the age group the book is catered to? Um, probably maybe um, age three to eight or ten, I'd say. It's a read aloud. So I know with my own children, I have five kids, and um, we read stories aloud long after the, um, the technical age of, of when, when you would do that kind of thing, just because we enjoyed it. And, and children's stories can really uh, bring wonderful messages to kids, no matter how old they are. But yeah. the target age is probably about three to eight or so. Or, or maybe in your 60s. I think this is perfect. You know, I'm just saying. In, in your, <laughs> well, if you're, wa- <laughs> if you're watching on our stream, yes, I'm, you I'm, can see David Dawson holding it up. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm, a beautiful book. Yeah, it is. I love it. I've been, I've been reading well, along here. And, and I love it. She's right. It's in the cadence of <laughs> Toys on Night Before Christmas, so it rhymes. Nice. Yeah, it's delightful. Yes. I can't wait to read it to the grandbabies. Leslie, I think this is perfect opportunity because we've been getting a lot of requests for children's books because we do talk a lot about adult books or books about theology or about the faith, but catered towards toward children's books, especially this time of year. A lot of grandparents want to purchase these for their grandchildren. Parents want to read it with their child. Um, and I think it really is is a good opportunity for children to really understand the true meaning of this time of year. Of course, they get excited about the gifts and the, the trees and the lights and everything that comes with that. But what it truly means, why we celebrate it as Catholics, especially during Advent. I couldn't agree more. And reaching kids with that message at these young ages is so important because um, the yeah. the excitement of the of the secular nature of Christmas can really take over. But kids have to know from yeah. a very 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 young age that what it's really about is remembering the birth of Christ and the amazing gift that that He has given us in our salvation. Um, and the younger they understand that, the more they'll, that will carry through with them as they grow older. I think so too. Leslie Diggins, where can we find a copy or where can our listeners find a copy of Twas the Day Before Christmas in Bethlehem Town? Um, it was published by, um, by Pauline Books and Media, the Daughters of St. Paul. So it's definitely available on paulinestore. or I'm sorry, paulinebooks.com. Um, um, and it's also available on Amazon and actually at, uh, at, at any bookstore near you, especially I would encourage um, Catholic bookstores near you. Mm. Definitely. And stop by Pauline Books and Media. It's a perfect opportunity to pick up a few gifts along the way in this book uh, and take your child with you. 
Uh, it's a great place for children as well. So you can go to the one in Metairie if you're listening to us or check out one that is closest to you. Leslie Diggins, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. You too. My goodness. I love children's books when it comes to uh, the holiday one. season, the Christmas Advent. Yes. Um, and sitting down with your child, super cozy, and uh, just reading about uh, what we're preparing for. Yeah. So this is a yeah. perfect one. No, this, this, this is a real good one. I, th- this one, you know, some are kind of cheesy. This one's fun. This is a good one. Yes. And, and it's illustrated Great. well, too. We forgot to mention that. But, uh, you know, they do the crowd and. I like I like the fact that he's annoyed in the crowd. It's like, oh, instantly I could relate to this book. <laughs> sounds like Black Friday shopping, you guys. Yeah, it sounds like I'll be I'll be <laughs> uh, clicking the mouse the instead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, we, we know what Dave will be doing during lunch. <laughs> That's right. Christmas shopping. He'll be preparing Online. Uh, for Christmas. Yes. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to wrap up today again, the feast day of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. And we'll end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, fortify me with the grace of your Holy Spirit and give your peace to my soul that I may be free of all needless anxiety and worry. Help me to desire always that which is pleasing and acceptable to you so that your will may be my own. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you guys so much for being with us. We'll actually catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time for another wonderful show. We have some events in our listening area we will give you details about. You can also also find those events at our website right now at ccmedia.live or submit your own so we can talk about it on our morning show. Uh, Patricia Davis is joining us. She's a superintendent of Catholic schools in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. She'll be updating us. Bobby Angel is a Catholic author and talking about his book called Gaming and the Heroic Life, A Quest for Holiness in a Virtual World. And Matt Estrade will be joining us. He is a founder of Catholic Aging with a Peace with Dementia Rosary. And he's going to be talking about caregiving during the holiday season. So stay with us. Join us for a wonderful show tomorrow. But have a wonderful Monday and thank you for being with us today. God bless. is a production of Catholic Community Media.